Okay, and God said, let us make man in our image. Say, I am created in the image of God. Man, you, you better just let that sink deep, deep, deep down inside you. There's no other creature on earth, heaven, earth, hell, anywhere that is created. I don't care uh, the, the, the little men at Area 51. I don't care what you're talking about, right? They're, only you are created in the image of God. God put a piece, a unique slice of himself in you. He, he, you were in his heart. He imagined you before the foundation of the world. He created you unique and beautiful and wonderful and powerful and wise. There's no one like you. And he has a specific assignment that only you can fulfill. You're created in the image of God. Man, you better let that just wrap around you. Take it home with you. Let them have dominion. Over the fish of the sea, over the fowl of the air, over the cattle, and over all the earth. Who has dominion on planet earth? We do. Mankind has dominion on planet earth. <laughs> all right, all right. You know, this isn't really what... <laughs> Listen to me. I don't let scientists uh, set the tone of my spiritual life. All of this talk that you hear uh, in the culture and in the media and, and, and sometimes in higher education about, you know, the climate, we're all going to burn up, we're all going to freeze to death, or there's too many of us, yeah, that is the biggest, help me, Jesus, help me to be sweet and help me to be nice and help me to say it in a way that people can receive it. Do you think God is such a bozo that he put people on this planet and didn't make provision for it? All of this fear about climate, there's, God is not in that equation at all. And, and here's the deal. Here's the deal. You are eternal. This planet is temporary. We got it backwards, you know, in, in the culture. They say, well, you know, Mother Earth. No, it's not the Mother Earth. It's the Father God. Okay? The, this Earth is temporary. She's going to burn. She's gonna, it's going to get real hot. You talk about global warming. The Bible says that the elements will melt with fervent heat. The elements. You know how hot it has to be for iron? That's an element. F-E, right? How hot does it have to be for iron to melt? I don't know. Look it up. 1,200 degrees or something? All your, all your molly bendums and all of that stuff is all going to melt, brother. Everything that's ever been made. All the works of man. It's all going to melt and burn. And you will remain. You will remain. And God's going to make it all perfect for you. So that you can live in a perfect, sinless environment. Wow. We have no concept of how glorious it's going to be. When there's no pressure, no doubt, no fear. Anybody, you ever been to Hawaii? I recommend you go. At, at least once in your life. Just, just start socking away whatever you got to do a buck or two a week until you can get to Hawaii. When you get to Hawaii, if you've been there, you know what I'm talking about. You can't worry in Hawaii. Anybody know what I'm talking about? You, you, you can't worry in Hawaii. You can try, but you just can't. There's something about that place. You know, there's no snakes there. There's no snakes in Hawaii. 
There's, it's just a little slice of heaven, you know? <laughs> Praise the Lord. And over all the earth and over every creeping thing that creepeth upon the earth, mankind has complete dominion on earth. A lot of times Christian people, preachers and stuff, will say things like, well, God is in complete control. And God said, oh, y'all's in complete control. Ewan's <laughs> Next, please. So God created man in his own image. In the image of God created he him. Male and female created he them. So there's, 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 two, there's two sexes. Male and female. If you don't like that, you need to change. Because God's not going to change. Change, reach, multiply. If you think there's umpteen, eleventeen different genders, you've been drinking the Kool-Aid. Put the I mean, come on, stop watching that channel. They're confusing you. God created man, and he said to them, <laughs> all right, male and female created he them. Very good. And God blessed them. What does that mean? That means he empowered them to prosper together. There's something about it. When God puts a man and a woman together, come on, he does it for his divine purposes. Praise the Lord. Say amen. amen. And he said, be fruitful and multiply. Replenish the earth and subdue it and have dominion over the fish of the sea, over the fowl of the air, and over every living thing that moveth upon the earth. Praise the Lord. So we have been given the stewardship of planet earth. Next, please. And God said, behold, I have given you every herb bearing seed. Say seed which is upon the face of all the earth and upon and every tree in the which is the fruit of a tree yielding seed say seed, seed. to you it shall be for me so he gave mankind two great gifts on the day of creation he gave them dominion and he gave them seed he gave them authority and he gave them provision and those two um, foundational stone cornerstones are still in your life you have authority, and you have reclaimed authority in the name of Jesus. Even unsaved people have some authority. How much more, you and I, that have bowed our knee to the Lord Jesus Christ, who has all authority in heaven and in earth. And if you believe the written word of God, then you believe you have provision. Yes. Say, I'll never run out. out. Say, I'll never be broke. I don't need to be broke no more. I know that's poor English, but I'm, I'm trying, to keep, trying to keep your attention. Say, so I don't need to be broke. Really, think about it. What would you need to be broke for? That's not going to do no good. Why don't you just go ahead and believe that God provides your every need, and not just your every need, but your every desire, the longing of your heart. If you have a godly desire, the Bible says, uh, the desire of the righteous shall be granted. I believe that's uh, Proverbs eleven twenty four. 24. Uh, uh, it says, uh, the desire of the righteous is only good. I believe that's Proverbs ten twenty one. Somewhere right in there. I mean, I had it marked in my old Bible. I don't even use a paper Bible anymore. Do you still love me? <laughs> I just use it. Okay, like you. iPads and iPhones. Okay. The desire of the righteous is only good. The, the longing in your heart that's been there for a long time. I'm talking about the deep aching longing in your heart that you have 
to be free, for companionship, for significance. God is going to meet that desire if you'll stay on track with him. Say amen. Same, that's what this is about. And listen, it's, it's as a seed. The kingdom of God works as a seed. How does a seed work? Well, here, here's, our, here's our seeds here, right? Can we go to Mark chapter 4, please? Verse 14. The sower sows the word. And these are they by the wayside where the word is sown. Satan comes immediately and catches away the word that was sown in their heart. So it is as if they never received any seed because Satan came immediately. Might as well left the lid on the jar, huh? So this one here, you'll notice that this one has not changed since the day I opened this series, right? These are they which are sown on stony ground who, when they have heard, immediately receive the word with gladness, Right? And so endure but for a time. Afterward, when persecution or affliction arises for the word's sake, immediately they are offended. Hmm? And they don't bear any fruit because there's stony ground. There's things in there that are, that are uh, <laughs> soaking up the moisture, the nutrients and such, right? And if anything does sprout and grow, it only lasts for a little while. And when pressure comes, I said when pressure comes, now, if you think you're going to live the, the Christian life with no pressure, you, you're, not, you're not reading the book. You're just not reading the book. Uh, 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 all the great men and women of faith throughout Bible history, throughout church history, have all gone through some stuff. Amen. You know, Cindy and I were, uh, again, we were sharing with somebody yesterday, and we got to talking about the, the other generation, you know. And they were just seem like sometimes seem like they're a little tougher than we are. <laughs> you know the stuff that we kind of uh, freak out over. They just went right through it. You know, <laughs> can you imagine the people that 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 pioneered here, or in other places of the world with with no electricity and no air conditioning? Can you imagine trying to settle a place like Louisiana with no air conditioning? And they didn't have it until till like my dad's generation still didn't have air conditioning. And we, if, if our air conditioning goes out for, for half a day, huh, we start flipping out, right? Have no root in themselves and so endure but for a time. Afterward, when affliction or persecution arises for the word's sake, immediately they are offended. And w when we get our feelings hurt, then we cannot bring any fruit to perfection. Can you say amen? These are they which are sown among thorns. Now, these aren't thorns, but I put this in there to represent something that's already taken up all the room. Notice that these three have not changed. This one I saw a little something green coming up a few days ago, and it's kind of gone now. This one is starting to have some change. If you want to see, if you'll be really careful, if you look right in the middle of this thing, you could see... There's something green coming up right in the middle here. It is little. <laughs> There's a couple, anyway, it's, it's starting to change. How does a seed work? Is it magic? Sometimes we think, you know, you read the Bible or you hear preachers talk and you think, wow, so all I got to do is get in the car and go down there and have them pray for me and all my problems will go away. That's not how this works, friend. Now, we can pray for folks and we get results and we've seen miracles. Amen? 
But that is not primarily how the kingdom of God works. Primarily, the kingdom of God works as a seed. You have to take the seed of God's word that, that applies to your case. Find, man, if I've said this once, find the scripture that covers your case. There's some things I can't do for you. Whatever, wherever the devil is, is hassling you, wherever the enemy has messed with your family for generations, why don't you find the scriptures that cover that case, that cover the situation? Some people, they have different things that run in their family. Why don't you, there's scriptures that cover your case. Find them and start planting that seed and you will reap a harvest. These are they which are sown among thorns, such as hear the word. Okay, the cares of this world, the deceitfulness of riches, the cares of this world, that's stuff like taking your kids to school, you know, uh, paying your bills, right? Shopping, hmm? painting the house. Are these wicked things? Are you breaking one of the Ten Commandments if you, if you mow the lawn? But if you place these things before the kingdom, good things like family. You know, a lot of times we say things like, it's family first. Not in the kingdom, it's not. It's kingdom first. You want to save your family? Put the kingdom first. I know that seems counterintuitive. Oh no, I got to focus on my family. I know people that have been focusing on their health like a laser beam for years and they're declining and they love the Lord just like we do. And I, I, I've told them, I said, put the kingdom first and God will start, that's, all that stuff's going to work itself out. Isn't that what Jesus said in, in, in Matthew chapter 6, verse 33? Seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, his way of doing things, his way of doing and being right. Find out how God wants you to live and live that way and all these things shall be added unto you. What is he talking about all these things? Read the chapter before. It's everything that, it's all the things that we agonize over. Family and bills and getting older and all of this junk that don't really amount to much. Amen. Come on, come on. Entering in, choke the word and it becomes unfruitful. These are they. Next please. These are they which are sown on good ground. See, you're the only one who can decide the condition of the soil in your own life. You're the only one that can decide that. And I, I showed you a couple of things in the last couple of weeks about fasting. Now, we're not all called to go on a 40-day fast twice a week. Okay? All right? But you know what you could do just about every, any day you come home from work? If you're tired and you're cold and you're hungry and you're sore, come on now. Instead of, instead of taking that quality time and planting my rear end in a big comfortable chair and getting me a big plate of food and cranking up the TV, why don't you give God 60 seconds right there? Stop everything. Stop everything. And give God 60 seconds uninterrupted where even, I mean, if the, if, if the phone rings, even if you get a text message, You'd ignore it for 60 whole seconds. I found that if you have that kind of a put God first attitude, you could do that two or three times a day for just a moment or two, and you will sense a presence in your life like you have not sensed before. 
I remember back in uh, when I used to, uh, when I first got a hold of these things, I just worked over a couple of scriptures for weeks. You wonder how these scriptures come up in me, you know? It's because I would stop at my break time, I would go to my car, and I'd open my Bible to that same scripture, just, just one verse, and look at it again. And I'd do that a couple of times a day. And I'd do that for a couple of weeks. And something starts happening like a seed. It's hard to describe, but you want power in your life? We all do, right? All right. All right. Today's message, that was just the introduction. Today's message is called, I'll do that at the end, is called Seeds versus People. <laughs> seeds versus People. Last time we talked about seeds versus spirits. Um, a lot of times Christian people think that evil spirits are their problem. Evil spirits are not your problem. No, they're not. Evil spirits are defeated. They're all defeated, every single one of them, and they're all afraid of you. Did you, I mean, if you only knew. If you only knew how afraid of you they really are. Evil spirits are not your problem. Now, if, if you're deceived... They can create problems for you. If you're in the dark, you're on their territory. And sometimes we create problems for ourselves by remaining in the dark. That's why Cindy's talking about, come, out, come into the light. Come to a boost group. Come to some fellowship. Let's share together. Let's be a family together. Yeah, but I don't want nobody to know my business. Don't nobody want to know your business. <laughs> Amen. But there's people there that love you. And you have unique talents and gifts that, you know, with all due respect, could probably help somebody else. A lot of times we're thinking, well, I don't need no help. I got it all together, man. Okay, let's just assume for a moment that you do. Are you just going to hoard up the blessing of God or are you going to share it? Maybe, not, maybe it's not all about just you having everything together. Maybe it's about somebody else that has a broken heart that you could minister to with one word that would change their life. Have you ever thought about that? Have you ever thought about sharing like that? Amen. Say, yes, pastor, that's good teaching there. Amen. All right, so Matthew chapter 17, verse 14, please. Matthew 17, 14. Seeds versus people. Amen. All right, praise the Lord. I want to thank everybody for, for serving. Look at the excellence that you're surrounded by. Amen. Look at the excellence that you're surrounded by. Amen. And when they were come down uh, to, the, to the multitude, there came to him a certain man kneeling down to him and saying, Master, Lord, that is, keep going here. Uh, Lord, have mercy on my son, for he's a lunatic and sore vexed, for he throws himself in the fire, throws himself in the water. Next, please. I brought him to your disciples. I could not cure him. Jesus answered, O faithless and perverse generation, how long do I got to deal with all this nonsense? Amen. Bring the child to me, please. Jesus rebuked the devil and he departed out of him. The child was cured from that very hour. No big deal, right? Then the disciples came to Jesus apart and said, hey, uh, how come we couldn't do that? He said, because of your unbelief. For verily I say unto you, if you have faith as a grain of mustard seed, you, you could say to the mountain, remove hence to yonder place, and it shall remove, and nothing shall be impossible unto you. Howbeit this kind goeth not out but by prayer and fasting. Now, if you go back to Matthew chapter 10, verse 1, it says that he appointed his 12 disciples, 
and he gave them power and authority over all evil spirits. That was Matthew chapter 10, right? By Matthew chapter 17, they had somehow forgotten how to use this power. So you see, we illustrated last week with Cindy's help and with the Holy Ghost that the policeman has the badge. That is the symbol of your authority. Any, anybody that takes the name of Jesus has the authority that belongs to the believer. Can you say amen? But also, that, that is the exousia authority. The sidearm in our modern age, or in the olden days, a sword, is the dynamis, or the, the brute force of the, that is behind that authority. Like when the policeman holds up his hand and tells you to stop, you're supposed to stop. If you do not stop, right, if the right one don't get you, the left one will. Right? Amen. So, one of these requires very little practice. You have the name of Jesus. That is your badge of authority. Use it. It requires almost no practice. Just say, in Jesus' name. Everybody, say, in Jesus' name. name. Devil, take your hands off my stuff. Amen. Amen. Now, that power that is given to you, we get our word dynamite from the Greek word that is translated power in the New Testament. That requires some skill. Um, When we go into situations to minister to people sometimes, you have to be wise how you deal with people. If you go to somebody's house to pray for a sick person, a lot of times people say, would you please go pray for my cousin? And we get there, and cousin don't want us to pray. What if, what if I just went and prayed for him anyway? And then it don't work because they're like this. And then they go and say, well, those people came to my house and just kind of poured oil all over everything. It didn't amount to nothing. I don't believe in none of that stuff. We're actually setting the kingdom back a little bit, aren't we? We'd be wiser if we were more selective. Hmm? And, and talk to people a little bit first to say, are y'all ready for this? Do y'all know, do you understand what's going on here? Jesus told people, he said, um, count the cost. He said, if you put your hand to the plow and look back, you're not fit for the kingdom of God. He said, a man should count the cost of serving in the kingdom of God. There, there, there is a cost. You know what's going to cost you to serve God? Anybody? Everything. It'll cost you everything. You have to lay everything on the altar and say, it's all yours, Lord. My whole life, everything I hope for, all my hopes and dreams. (laughs) I almost said even my vape pen. (laughs) (laughs) Everything, Lord, belongs to you. Wow, it's quiet in this place. Amen. And then when, when you are in the master's hands, he can begin to trust you with more and more and more. Do you notice you can't give a checkbook to a one-year-old, right? Right? You have to teach a child how to handle money when they're a little kid. I notice Michael and Sammy, uh, when, when Solomon gets a dollar, they teach him, get Jesus' money first, get Jesus' money. And he goes and gets a dime out of his piggy bank and puts it. You have to teach a child how to handle money. And God has to teach his children how to use that authority. Can you say amen, please? All right. So, Matthew chapter 18, verse 1. So the the disciples could not cast out this devil, right? 
why. There's reasons why. It's not that it was the biggest, nastiest, uh, uh, most powerful devil in the world. No, that is not it, friend. That's not it. It's that they had forgotten a few simple things about humility and obedience and about treating people right. All right? So we're going to look at it for just a moment, and then we're going to wrap things up, and we're going to go um, fast and pray for the Denver Broncos today. All right? All right. Okay. Praise the Lord. See if we can get a squeeze of wind out of them here today. Amen? All right. Glory. <laughs> huh? No, no. We're, we're, we're believing. We're believing and receiving. <laughs> Amen. All right. Speak faith, Pastor. All right. Glory. All right. Matthew chapter 18, verse 1. At that same time. No, what time? The same time that they were trying to cast this devil out. At the same time, the disciples came out of Jesus saying, Who is the greatest in the kingdom of God? Now, <clears throat> That is, in, in the dictionary next to stupid questions, there's a picture of that verse right there. That's a stupid question. Who's the greatest in the kingdom of God? You're asking the Lord. You're asking the Lord who's the greatest in the kingdom. Who's the greatest in the kingdom? The Lord. Why is he the greatest in the kingdom? Because he served all. Because he laid his life down for all. He didn't come here and say, all y'all worship me. He said, the Son of Man has come not to be ministered unto, but to minister. That means to serve. That means to stack chairs, amen. But to serve and to give his life a ransom for many. He didn't come for us to, you know, put him. I saw this one time. Uh, a preacher allowed his people to put him on some kind of chair uh, way up high like this and carry him around the whole sanctuary. If y'all ever try to do something like that to me. <laughs> Don't, worry. Don't worry about it. Not happening. <laughs> I will be conveniently unavailable if y'all get that, if y'all are smoking pot that much. All right. That guy's dead now. That preacher's dead now. In the kingdom... You know, they, they, have, they have a little, couple little cliches, you know, I don't really like cliches much, but race to the bottom, right? Not a top-down management system, but a bottom-up. In other words, the one with the most authority is the one who serves the most. Who's the greatest? Here we go. Verse 2. And Jesus called a little child. He's not answering their question. He's answering their problem. Set him in the middle of them. Puts a little kid right in the middle. It's probably the same kid that was throwing himself in the fire earlier that day. He said, except you become converted or get a revelation, man, that changes your life. Except you be converted and become as little children. Now, how does a little children receive salvation? How does a little child receive salvation? You know, if, uh, uh, if, the, if a little child is in, uh, in those ocean waves and you come by with a boat... And you throw him that white donut with a rope on it, right? Is he going to go, well, I don't know if I have time to come to church right now. I have to mow the lawn. You know, I have to, right, I have to scrub the sheepskin fender liners on my Studebaker or whatever. No, he grabs that thing with both arms, both legs, teeth. Everything, and he will hold on for dear life. 
even if he looks foolish. Now, if, if I showed you a picture of me holding one of those life preservers with my teeth and like this, and, and I put that, that's the picture on the brochure for Boost, Boost Church. You would think that is a foolish image. Look at this fool, right? But a little child doesn't care what he looks like as long as he's getting saved. And when I can get that way where I don't really care what you think, I'm going to get my life right with the Lord, right? right? No matter what, and it's going to take, like Sandy said, everything. Because Jesus gave you everything, and so that is the proper response. All right, Lord, you gave your all. I'm going to give you all. And it's incremental. God shows you something. He'll put his finger on something in your life and say, you ready to give that up? <laughs> That'd be a good time to say, yes, Lord. Say, yes, Lord. He, do, he does that. He does that with me. Uh, you about ready to lose that weight I've been telling you to lose for the last 15 years? Not right, not yet, Lord. <laughs> I got a couple of pizza coupons yet. Okay. <laughs> Praise the Lord. Except you be converted and become as little children, and you shall not enter. The, you're not going to walk in this kingdom authority. You're not going to understand how this whole thing works. You're going to be like those that are on the outside looking in, thinking those people are crazy in there. Next, please. Whosoever, therefore, shall humble himself like this. Can you see Jesus? Like this little child. Can you see him? He said, here's your example, all y'all big shots. Right here. Look at the humility on this little child. You know, you, you, know, you call a little child and what do they do? Come here, come here, honey, come here. They'll come to you like this. Sometimes you call good friends of yours. Would you please come help me? I don't know. <laughs> there, there's a ball game or, right? Highlights of a ball game I have to watch, right? Unless we become like little children. That is, he says, whosoever therefore shall become, shall humble himself. Excuse me, I'll start over. Whosoever therefore shall humble himself as this little child, the same is greatest in the kingdom of heaven. Next, please. And whoso shall receive such a little child in my name receives me. You know, you have to be very careful about the way that you interact with other people. Because that's a child of God. That's a child of God. This is a child of God, right? Who's watching? The Father. Whoso shall offend one of these little ones which believe in me, it were better for him that a millstone were hanged about his neck and that he were drowned in the depths of the sea. Next. Woe unto the world because of offenses, for it must needs be that offenses come, but woe to that man by whom the offense cometh. <clears throat> Wherefore, if thy hand or thy foot offend thee, cut them off, Cast them from thee. It is better for you to enter into life halt or maimed rather than having two hands or two feet to be cast into everlasting fire. Now, is my hand the sinner? No. no if, I, if I steal a loaf of bread, is my hand a sinner? No. no, I'm the sinner. But people say, well, I just couldn't help it. I mean, the temptation came and, you know. They're, hand, they're passing around the, 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 the doobies, and so I just, 
you know, took a few, you know, there's people that have been in that situation that never did drugs before and they passed it to them. And, and instead of saying, I don't do that, they tried it and they were never heard from ever again. They're under a bridge, standing on the corner with a cardboard sign. Next, please. If your eye offends you, some, some, some people can't stop looking at pornography. Is it because your eyeball go, dra drags you into that computer? But Jesus is, is really speaking somewhat sarcastically, if you ask me. He said, if your eye is really the problem, then gouge it out. You know the eye is not the problem. He knows your eye is not the problem. He knows it's a heart situation. He said it'd be better for you if, if your eye is really the problem than just gouge it out and at least you're going to go to heaven. Next, please. Take heed that you despise not one of these little ones, for I say unto you that in heaven their angels do always behold the face of my Father which is in heaven. Next, please. Uh, for the Son of Man has come to seek, uh, the Son of Man has come to save that which is lost. Okay, I'm trying to get to a scripture here. Here we go. Let's just keep, keep going here. I want to get to uh, next verse, please. Next. One more. Moreover, here we go, verse 15. This is where Cindy copied my notes again on the way to church. Moreover, if your brother shall trespass against you, Go and tell him his fault between you and him alone. Man, if we could just get those few words, most of the drama we deal with would, would evaporate. I could just preach on this. This is something that we have run into again and again and again. And you know, we're all tempted with it because it's just a lot easier to try to solve problems with an email than it is to deal with somebody face to face. then why didn't Jesus say use email? <laughs> huh? Because, the, because it's too easy. There's no risk involved. Because if I go to solve a problem with a brother who's offended, who might may really be really mad at me, I am risking he's going to yell at me, cuss me, give me a spit shower bath. And God knows I sure couldn't endure that. Did Jesus endure stuff like that? Did he do anything wrong? No, he did not. If your brother shall trespass against you, I did a series on the radio years ago called Christian Conflict Resolution. I've talked to some of my elders and my advisors about this. And uh, this is a universal situation in the body of Christ. And when we come, as the body of Christ matures and we come to the unity of the faith, you're going to see this being dealt with at the highest level in the body of Christ. This is not some ancillary situation. This is a foundational situation. And this is going to be dealt with. God is going to deal with it from the top down, from the big shots that have to be brought low. Let it, not be, let it not be said of us, because we know how to be a big shot in the kingdom, right? Right? <laughs> it's serve. 
If your brother shall trespass against you, go and tell him his fault between you and him alone. Don't even get no advice from them. What do you think I should do about this? They said that to me. What do you think I should do? Shut up and go talk to them. Leave me out of it. Grow up. I said, grow up and go talk. To Praise the Lord Jesus. Help me to say it in a way that people can get it. I got to stay here so the light hits me, huh? Go and tell him his fault between you and him alone. See, this is, this is where real fellowship is going to be tested. If we have real fellowship, it, it has to be tested. You know, real love has to be tested. Real faith has to be tested. Say amen. And real fellowship has to be tested. People want to have this, well, I, you know, they want to, help me, Jesus. Help me, Lord. I said real fellowship is real sharing on a deep level. And if it's real, it has to be tested. I know I test you every Sunday, don't I, huh? <laughs> amen. That's part of my job. Go and tell him his fault between you and him alone. You know, if you don't like something I preach, you have every right to come say something to my face. I'm, I'm, I, may, I may have a pretty good comeback for you. You're not afraid of that, are you? You know I love you, right? And you may be right. I may be crazy. Oh, but it just might be a lunatic you're looking for. All right. <laughs> if, he shall hear, if he hears you, you've gained your brother. If he doesn't hear you, you've lost your brother. Man, that hurts. Man, that hurts. When we don't follow these simple procedures that the Lord, I said the Lord himself laid out in the body of Christ, you will lose brothers and sisters in the body of Christ. If we can't do this, we will lose brothers and sisters in the body of Christ. I, I guess till we meet in heaven and God sets it all straight, I guess. I mean, I, next please. But if he will not hear you, what are you supposed to do? Now, if you go back a few verses, he's talking about if you offend one of God's children. Whoa, it's better for a millstone hanged about your neck and you chucked in the ocean He's still talking about the same thing. He's still talking about how precious my relationship is with my brother, my sister, in the body of Christ. You know, I've just never heard this anywhere I've ever been in my whole life. Have you? I've never really heard this quite like this. He says, if he doesn't hear you, what are you supposed to do? Give up? Put it on Instagram? If he won't hear you, bring a couple of people not strangers, people that he knows, that know, probably know the situation too. Hmm. Bring one or two more. That in the mouth, here's a biblical concept, in the mouth of two or three witnesses, every word should be established. Amen. If I'm doing something that's wicked as the pastor of this church, there's going to be two or three people that's going to know about it. I couldn't hide it forever. Amen. It... it, it if there's a concept in the Bible, you're going to find it in two or three places in the letters to the church if it applies to the New Testament church. Say amen. You can't take one verse and make a denomination out of it. We've tried to do that and you get goofy. 
Next, please. If he neglects to hear the two or three of you, tell it to the church. And I, I, to me, it looks like he's talking about the elders of the church. You don't go to the elders first. First, you go to somebody on your level, your brother, your sister, and say, all right, come with me and help me talk to Brother Brian over here and see if we can, see if we can fix this. If that doesn't work, then you go to the elders of the church. Can you say amen? Is that what you see? Is that the way you see this? But if you neglect to hear the elders of the church, let him be unto thee as a heathen man and a publican. What does that mean? You, you know, there's, there's broken fellowship. There's some people that are in fellowship because they're in our house, right? There's some people that were in fellowship that are in other houses of God, other, in other churches. You love them, they love you, it's all good. There's some that you can't have fellowship with because of this. And it's a pity. It's a cry and shame. But we don't hate them. Do I hate the sinner? Let him be unto thee as a heathen man and a publican. We had a, uh, a, one of our leaders said that a, uh, a young person who's struggling with sexuality, struggling with drugs, struggling with all of this stuff, said, I know you Christians hate me. Wow. That is so sad. Where did you ever get that idea? I, I don't hate nobody. I don't hate nobody. I hate the devil. <laughs> I hate the New York Yankees. No, uh, okay. Okay, no. I don't hate people because what, are they, what, what they do in their bedroom. I really don't care what people... I mean, I've I got other things to think about. Amen? i got other stuff to think about, like what am I having for lunch? Amen? I really don't care. We don't hate people because we're not in fellowship with them. But that doesn't mean that we can be in, in fellowship with people if, the, if it's broken. And sometimes there's almost nothing you can do about it, but you still walk in love. Next verse, please. And this is how this all goes together. Verily I say unto you, whatsoever you shall bind on earth shall be bound in heaven. He says, if you allow it on earth, it'll be allowed in heaven. You know, a lot of times we want to take a verse out of scripture, a, ver a scripture out of context and say, all right, Lord. I'm just going to bind this. I'm going to bind that. I'm going to cast the calories out of this Dairy Queen banana split. Right? I'm going to drive down the street and bind all the devils in all the houses on my street. That's, that's not how this works, friends. That's not how this works. He's talking about the same thing. He says, if you allow strife in your church, there's not much heaven can do about it. You want to move of God in this church? Yeah. You want to see the power of God in this church? Let's just do what the Lord said do. With the, solve problems. Address conflict the way the Lord said address conflict. That's the only chance we got anyway. Amen. We might as well give it a try. Like Cindy said, we've tried everything else for decades and it hasn't worked. Can you say amen? Yeah. Well, praise the Lord. 